0: Sudan, once Africa's biggest country, has been in conflict for so many years. When South Sudan became independent, it was supposed to usher in a new period of peace and stability in the region. But now, southern Kordofan. At its heart is the Nuba Mountains, where some 50 black African tribes have lived for thousands of years. Now, there's fighting there once more in one of the most remote corners of a vast country. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com Wondery.
1: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app and answer a few questions. With Angie, you can book instantly at an upfront price or request and compare quotes from multiple pros so you can find the best price for your project. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
2: Well, the
3: president of, of Sudan is Omar Hassan al-Bashir, who's been in power since 1989, That had a coup. And uh, he's an absolute dictator. He's a guy who's been indicted by the International Criminal Court for war crimes and crimes against humanity, um, for what he did in Darfur. Hello, and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clemente former New York City prosecutor and retired FBI profiler. And today with me is...
4: Laura Richards, criminal behavioral analyst, advocate and author, founder and director of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service.
2: And I'm Lisa Zambetti, I'm the casting director for Criminal Minds where Jim Clemente is my colleague and we will be going into our 13th season. So congratulations my friend, yeah, we have jobs for next year. Um, and I have a real interest in real crime and the minds that solve those crimes.
3: And today we have a very special guest with us. Jim, Laura, Lisa, it's Ken Carlson. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm a writer,
5: a producer, and a director in the
3: Hollywood Hills here of uh, of California. And today we're going to be talking about a documentary movie that you made, which uh, touched all of us here at Real Crime Profile, particularly in its focus on the victims of war crimes in Sudan. Yeah, it's a film
5: that I, I recently completed, and it's a uh, there's a narrative that uh, I run through. It's it's uh, it's a friend of mine, Tom Katina. He's a, the only doctor uh, within 200
3: miles for about a million people in this war torn area. And the documentary is called "The Heart of Nuba," and it's set in Sudan, the southern part of Sudan, in the mountains there called the Nuba Mountains. Correct. Yes. And and this is
5: a you know this is next to the Blue Nile district. There's two two regions that uh, Omar Hassan al Bashir, the president of of uh, Sudan, is now focusing on. He's, he's worked his way through Darfur, still there committing uh, a lot of war crimes, but he's now focused on uh, the Nuba Mountains in the Blue Nile District, and he's committing a genocide like he did in uh, Darfur. So it's a very serious uh, thing, and I decided to turn a camera on it. But once again, I, as I said before, I have a narrative that my narrative is Dr. Tom Katina, so we understand the conflict and the people
3: in this region through his eyes. Just for the edification of our listeners who don't know the history here, uh, back in 2011, the country of Sudan was split into Sudan and South Sudan. The main country, Sudan, uh, is mainly Muslim now, and South Sudan is not. And that happened because after the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, a lot of Muslims fled from those countries uh, into Sudan, which was basically without a leader at the time, right? So is it's, that it's, when... it's actually ra- it's
5: actually rather complicated, and I do not profess to be an expert in this area. I know when crimes have taken place, and I know good people, and I know people that are heroes that are taking you know that are stepping up. Uh, but the actual the actual history is very you know convoluted, and 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 it starts back with. With the colonization from Egypt and and uh, and and England and and uh, you know, so it's it's very you know it's it's a very difficult uh, part of the world. They have been experiencing conflict uh, for decades and decades. Right, it's really com- centuries if right, you want to talk conflict, about tribal
3: conflict. Is a very sterile word. Mm-hmm. Um, what you're talking about in your documentary is not um, war fighters fighting with each other. It's people in their villages in their normal everyday lives being bombed by. By very sophisticated jet bombers right that 's right this is
5: th- these are atrocities taking place this is cruel uh, horrible uh, unconscionable uh, acts against innocent people flat out that 's what it is. I experienced it I was there I saw bombers fly over I saw them dropping bombs I saw people getting mutilated I saw these these uh, people being transported, these casualties transported to the, the hospital. I saw them die in front of me. I saw the amputations. I saw lacerations. Mm. I saw some of the most heinous uh, um you know atrocities that you could ever imagine. Um so this is flat out a genocidal maniac focusing on innocent people and doing exactly what he did in Darfur. I mean,
0: that's heard. that's
4: that's it. I've heard quite a lot about Darfur sure. and you know obviously a lot of the interventions happening there in fact I've had friends who went out there and worked there why is it we haven't really heard anything about Nuba the
5: the for that exact re- reason because you heard so much about Darfur I believe that this this continues on in Africa in many parts of the uh, many parts of of uh, the continent and now because it took place in Darfur and we rallied around there's just a general um, amount of you know of of of
2: uh Malaise, lack of days yeah. ago,
5: you know, uh, attitude towards it now, and and unfortunately, we rallied, we put our bumper stickers on our cars, and that's still taking place in Darfur. So there's still an emphasis on that. But he is very clever. He decided, you know, I'm going to continue this, and I'm going to go after a new, you know, uh, a, a region. And people just kind of, people just kind of, you know, uh, you know, you know, gloss over. You know, it's, oh my God, it's 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 Africa again. It's 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 another Darfur. Do we really have the capacity to care about that? When we have the serious of the world, when we have the atrocities that are taking place, you know, I believe, and trust me, I've been trying to market this film. I believe people are just burnt out. They're tired of this conflict. And it's a shame to say, I hate to say it because I am clearly all in. I made a film about it. I risked my life. I love Dr. Tom Katina and I love the Nuba people. But unfortunately, that doesn't translate uh, around the world. There are other, more important, there are more uh, causes du jour right now that we care about, and that's okay because we should be focusing on on uh, uh, some of them, like like Syria. And I'm all in with that too. But it unfortunately has bumped out, you know, the the Nuba Mountains in the Blue Nile district and the atrocities that are taking place there, the genocide that's taking place there. It's simply not uh, as important.
2: I'm just wondering, what does he want from them? Is he just trying to wipe out a people? Does he want their loyalty? Does he want their resources? What is it that are they fighting? Like They're not rebels the trying to... All of the above. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so
5: hard for me to figure out. In Dr. Tom Katina, one of the... Brightest guys I know graduated with me from Brown University back in the 80s. He is a brilliant mind. He can't figure it out. He's watching bombs come down. He's watching. He's being strafed and he, he's, he's bringing in all these casualties. He can't quite figure it out. We know that there are, there are important resources there. We know that there, there's a you know difference between the Arab way of life and the African way of life, which the Nuba Mountains is more about the African way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that they that there, there's an interest in and in there's a tribal you know, uh, you know issue there. But it's I, you've never seen a more harmonious people.
3: Well, can you tell us about ever? Them? We'd like to learn about the Nuba people. Yeah, tell I would love to them. tell you.
5: Tom, Dr. Tom Katina told me when I when I embarked on this project, he said you will never find. A more harmonious people in the world now keep in mind i've traveled the world i've been in close to 100 con- you know 100 uh, con- countries in the world and i have seen all different kinds of cultures i've experienced you know so many different cultures and i said okay tom you know i believe it you know that'd be great you know, that'd be- i i i cannot tell you what a compassionate group of people these are and we're talking about catholics protestants uh, muslims some Jewish uh, um, people there, and, and animists. I mean, these people get along. They have for centuries. They've gotten they along. All,
3: they live together they in the same community. They live
5: together. They're they intermarried. Their families are, I mean, so welcoming. Mm. And I not once in this entire region, I was there for six weeks, not once did I get asked for a handout. Not once did somebody say, hey, you know, can you help me out? And, you know, usually in the marketplaces, in the airports, they're like, you know, you know, I, can you help me out? A little something here. Nothing. These people are so proud and they are they have they're they're such a wonderful human. Tom Katina was actually he was 100 percent right. They are the most harmonious people I I have been around. And that was before the bombing started. That was before the uh, the conflict, you know, took place. So it's not like they have this, you know, uh, the, this evil empire to, to rally against. Yeah, you can maybe say that you know that could be that could be part of the motivation for them getting along because they have a common cause but before this even happened uh you know before Bashir started picking on them if you will this was a very harmonious very connected very strong community that that cared for each other so uh it's it's to me it 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 just rocks my world to see people that uh have it so difficult in many ways i mean this is a this is a region that experiences famine all you know all the time. In fact, they're, they're they're experiencing one right now. This is a region where it's it's if they don't get rainfall, you know, they've got a poor harvest and they've got you know serious issues there. It's hard to get a meal. All I ate there was basically beans, rice, and sorghum, you know, and that's and, and that's that's about as good as it gets. Which you know, it's all relative for these people. It's not so bad, but they have it pretty hard. I mean, it's an arid country, you know, and it's it's um they they don't exactly have luxuries. Um, and they have one hospital where yeah, Doctor well, Tom tell us works. Us about that. How you did know, that happen? Th- that happened actually through the, the, uh, the Catholic Church. Uh, they they found this region and decided uh, the uh, Max uh, uh, the Bishop Max uh, uh, Gosses uh, decided this part of the world needed uh, the Catholic Church's attention, um, which he was you know one hundred percent right. Uh, so he went in and he gave them the gift of life, which is water. And he put wells in throughout this whole area, uh, did not build churches, did not be, build cathedrals. He went in and built wells and actually got these people hydrated. Uh, and then he built a hospital. Uh, and that was all done with Catholic, uh, you know, through the Catholic Church, and through donations that came through the Catholic Church. Once that was up and running, they needed someone, a director of the hospital and a surgeon. And Tom Katina fit both of uh uh, uh, you know, fill
3: both those roles. Well, tell us a little bit about that because let's first find out about Tom. Uh, you said that you went to Brown with him. Tell us what he did there, what his life was like, and yeah. how he got from there to the Nuba Mountains. Tom Catina is is
5: the closest that I have ever been to to a saint on this earth, and I could tell you back in in college at Brown University in the eighties, he was just like that. We played on the same uh, defensive line together. He was. Uh, a nose guard, an he all-American. Was a football player. He was a football player. He was a nose guard. He was all-American. I was a defensive end. I was not. Uh, he was a monster on the field, and we have footage of him tearing tearing up the offensive lineman and ripping through to the quarterback. And he was an all-American. Now, if you know anything about football? Which uh, I don't. I don't. Need okay, <laughs> well, then those two those the, the, those two things don't go together. Ivy League and all-American, uh, because
3: very few. Ivy League students actually make it to the All-American list. Yeah, there's
5: no scholarships. You know, we're only allowed to, to offer academic scholarships, no athletic scholarships. So for someone that good uh, to go to Brown and to, to perfect his craft and become, you know, the, the uh, uh, All-American, that was it, it, it's really quite exceptional. So he was uh, 240 pounds uh, on the gridiron. Uh, he is 135 pounds now. Uh, which is remarkable that he is just focused, you know well, Jim, how much do you weigh? hundred and fifty? Uh a little bit more than that, probably okay. just about hundred and sixty. Okay. So, you know, think of Jim minus twenty five pounds. Yeah. I mean it's 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 that's slight from a guy that you And he's know, tall.
3: Yeah, he's six two. I mean six two. I'm not this is this I'm is I'm five ten and I wear one sixty. Yeah. He's gotta be skinny as a rail. Yeah, he is skinny as so we knew
5: something special was in store with uh Ford uh Tom Katina, but we just didn't know what. Well, we know now. He has uh um he he graduated from Brown and and in, in, in and with an engineering degree and then he decided uh he had an epiphany. He wanted to uh uh to to become a doctor. And you know, his father didn't have any more uh funds for him, so he went into the Navy, gave him 5 years, got out and uh and went into Duke. They paid for uh for uh, him to get his medical degree at Duke University, he did his residency in Indianapolis, and then wanted to combine his uh, missionary heart uh, with his uh, uh, with his new medical degree, and he found himself in uh, Kenya, uh, working in uh, in Nairobi to perfect his uh, surgical craft, and then he ended up uh, uh, going into the rural parts of Kenya. Then this job, uh, this opportunity showed up, and uh, he applied for it, and they immediately jumped on. and he And he loves to tell the story that he showed up uh, at uh, in in uh, uh, Nuba, which is, it's in the small town, a uh, small village called Gidel. Uh And keep in mind, there was no war when he showed up, you know, ten, almost 10 years ago. So he shows up and uh, they said, oh, I cannot believe, you know, you're you're here for, you know, and, and 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 willing to take on this job for three years. And he's in the back of my head thinking, he only said one. Uh-huh. But then he he figured, you know, this is God's hand. And he just said, okay, I'm here for the next three years. Well, of course, now it's been uh, over three times that amount. So that's how he got to... Uh, uh the Nuba Mountains. And he is the kind of person that just leaves it up to uh God. He he says, God use me as your instrument. And he has done just that. He has he has allowed um, you know, uh, God to, to uh uh to direct him and now he's uh uh he is providing hope for uh at least a million, if not more, people in this region. Uh so it's it's remarkable to see what one human being can
3: do. Yeah. It is amazing. Um, and when I saw the film, um, when I saw the trailer, I was moved. But when I saw the film uh, at the same time as it's it's beautifully shot, thank you. It is such a compelling story about not only about the people of Nuba and and their sort of camaraderie, but also about the terror that they're suffering and And when you talk about hospitals, I mean most people here have a particular image in mind of what that means but what is it actually like in on the ground there yeah this is just uh, th- this is
5: this is uh bricks and mortar i mean it's barely a hospital i mean it it has the the supplies there are ever so limited they don't uh, have running water do they i mean it, well they have running water but it's just they they've created a makeshift uh water tower and so they have water pressure but it's all you know, it's it's all uh, extremely archaic. You know, when they're
3: sterilizing their hands, when they're washing their things, they're pouring it out of a pot. Well, yeah, and the
5: only way that they got the pot, you know, the water in the pot warm is is through a fire. So they literally mm-hmm. take some of the you know regional wood and and uh, and heat up a cauldron and and scoop out the water and, and and literally, I my, I tell this story all the time, but I was with Tom, uh, during a very difficult day in the OR, uh, and he. He conducted uh, performed seventeen uh, cases. I mean, cases as in like three amputations, uh, two or three uh, lacerations, uh, and and uh, uh, two deliveries of babies. One was uh, stillborn, and one of the most uh, heinous things I've ever seen in my life. What he had to do a DNC. And after these seventeen cases, he takes a deep breath and then marches back to the compound where he lives, which is you know about a hundred about a football field away, and he. Gets a ladder out and climbs up and starts washing the the uh, solar panels uh, because there was a dust storm that day while he was in the emergency in the uh, OR and the only way that they would we would have electricity for the next day for him to perform surgeries and for the ho- for the hospital to run was of course through solar and so he was concerned about you know when the when the sun came up the next day that they would actually have clean solar panels and be able to produce a uh, store the electricity so that's the kind of guy he is he says and I couldn't uh I couldn't tell you any more than this he is all in uh it's it's uh, you know it's remarkable when somebody uh does that devotes themselves uh uh and takes his he takes one's humanitarian heart and just says this is where I'm supposed to be so jim the hospital itself is as as uh makeshift as you get i mean it's there's there's 350 beds usually two to three people in each bed it's all on one floor right it's all on one floor there's and a, it's it's basically a warehouse it's, you it's, know it's, it's a shell. Yeah. And, and two to three people per bed. So you, you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, heads to head to feet, you know, and, and, and a lot of times you like in the children's ward pediatrics, there'll be three in a bed. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's 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 very it's, it's so rudimentary that, you know, when you have to urinate, a lot of times the kids just do it in the bed. And so there's constant cleanup and people go right outside and, and defecate and urinate right outside the hospital. So that's a constant problem because this is where they live in the bush.
4: So how big is the actual medical team the staff there?
5: So the staff is about 100 and I'd say about 120 people and that fluctuates uh, anybody that on any given day there's probably about 25 to 30 there.
4: But he's the only one. He's the only one. There's no operations. outside there's nothing. Mm.
5: There's not. I mean literally he is the only uh surgeon there he's the only doctor he's the OBGYN. He
3: is everything he's the and pediatrician he's he's the, everything he's the guy who sets legs he does he do, he he does surgery on on a little girl a baby's kidney he removes one of them yes he he
5: removed an entire kidney and uh i think two thirds of another so she was left with a third of a or a quarter of a kidney wow and she's as of a year and a half ago when we updated uh uh the film she was alive and well but living in a cave uh because the family's uh, home has been bombed relentlessly
4: how many hours is he working a day
5: it depends i mean he he works i would say 17 hours a day and 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 the issue is as i say he's all in during the night i, I slept in a in a room adjacent to his um very primitive uh and all night long you hear this knock 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 and you hear Dr. Tom oh. Dr. Tom and he has an open door policy. He'll get six hours of sleep maximum, uh, and during those six hours, he will be pulled out uh, because of some emergency. You think about it, there's four or five hundred people in this hospital, patients, um, and somebody's going to need your help or somebody thinks they need his help, you know, during the night. So, um, all night long, I would hear Doctor Tom. Doctor, and he would get up and go out, and he would service. So I would imagine he gets anywhere from two and a half to
3: five hours of sleep a night. And and he works 365 days a year. Yeah, every day, every day, full time, Monday through Sunday, through Monday through Sunday. And now, what you're saying is he doesn't even get time off. I mean, no. it's he never takes time. He if he does take
5: time, it's usually to to uh, go out of the country uh, to petition the UN to come back into the area uh, to try to help establish a humanitarian corridor. Uh, it's never about just taking some time in Mombasa and relaxing on the beach and just detoxing. Does it's lobbying, always purposeful all, all the time. It is, and when he's when he's away from the hospital, which since I've known him, he's done it four times. <laughs> in, in how many in, years? In, in, in ten, uh, and those are all for, basically a week to maybe ten days. Uh, he will be thinking nonstop the entire time about who is being affected in the hospital because he's no longer there what patients what patient or what patient uh is being is 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 not being cared for in the proper way, and who's losing life because his absence because of his absence?
3: I'd like you to tell us a little bit about a couple of the victims that that you touched on in the movie um one was a very sad tale um of of a little boy who kept calling for his mother, and the yes. other was that girl who who had cancer, if I'm not mistaken, and he removed one and two thirds of her kidneys. So, yes. can you tell us about what their names are, who they are, what happened? Start with the the boy.
5: Yeah, the unfortunate thing about about you know about visiting a place like this is that you come across the fortunate and unfortunate you know uh, issue is that you come across these stories that that affect your life in a huge way and they just rip your guts out. So, it's, it in the long run, it's a it's a positive thing because it has motivated me. But uh, one of the one of the stories that uh, uh, affected me the most uh, it, and, and hit me so deeply was this: a uh, family, nine kids, uh, the Shanta family. So nine kids were were, were uh, in a foxhole uh, in, a, in a nearby village to the hospital, and they bombed uh, Bashir bombed this 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 uh, village and their tukul, their hut. Uh, was was hit and and ignited and collapsed onto this family, uh, and nine kids were were burned severely burned. Three of them were were killed there. Three of them were were uh, killed in transit to the hospital, and uh, the, there are two that survived. And one of the boy, one of the one of the victims, Shanta, uh, seven year old boy, uh, had third degree burns. And I was there when he when he came in, and it was. Just devastating to see the the uh, uh the uh, the heinous nature of the skin when it's i mean these are third degree birds i mean it's just you, you could peel off it was sections. like seventy
3: percent of his body seventy
5: percent right? uh and we actually were in the in the dir- dirty or you know pulling off uh layers of skin of this little boy and and unfortunately uh maggots uh thousands of maggots were just you know uh scurrying out it's it's because it, you just there's no <laughs> There's no care for these. I mean, Tom would come around once a day, and he would clean him up. And, you know, Tom would spend 20 minutes on this you know, young man. So I, I found it upon—you know, it, it moved me so much that I, that I you know, put my hands on this child every day, uh, and I prayed for him. And and he would just look up, you know, and, and, and be able to, you know, say one thing. And we realized that uh, that was—he was screaming out for his mother, or he was whispering for his mother. Um, and, you know, it just— it it moved me to my core because here was a child away from his parents the i don't know survive. i don't know what i don't know what happened to the parents i really don't um and i've been asked that i don't know what happened uh, i should ask tom catina he probably knows uh, the rolodex of victims that's in his head um but every day i went in and i prayed for him uh, while i was there shooting this uh, uh this film and and uh um the next day the, the day that I, the day after i left uh you know shanta passed uh and 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 it's just you know it's it to see that no one should ever have to witness that um no family should ever have to go through that but but you no know no
4: child should ever have to experience it,
5: yeah i mean no child should ever have to suffer through anything but that is just a typical case of what's happening um this this relentless bombing this 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 rain of terror that 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 uh this this government has waged upon these people it's just it's unconscionable it's, there's no reason for it. i mean
0: these are innocent and control, people. In and doubt. it's
5: not like they have and the rebels, I've been to the rebel headquarter in Cauda, uh, which is about thirty five, forty minutes away from Gidel, Mother Mercy Hospital. There's no hardware there. There's guys with sticks and, you know, rocks. I mean, you know, they're 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 mounting a campaign against the rebels. They like to, you know, they like to uh uh label them as the rebels and in in, in uh, with this incredible cause, but they're basically
3: just fighting for their their but their there lives. Are several times – during your film where the hospital itself is getting bombed and bombs are dropping right around them and these are not these are not little bombs these are Russian fighter jets who are dropping bombs on yeah. them right These and, are just so bombers yeah these are these are supersonic jets that come in and
5: strafe them and just I mean could blow the place to smithereens they've tried and for some reason some people say it's the hand of God some say the blood of Jesus some say that it's just you know uh, karma uh, they haven't actually Hit the hospital all around it, and and uh, there's been damage, but it, it, they haven't had a direct uh, mm. hit yet. So, I mean, they are in the crosshairs. One of the first things Tom, I asked Tom Katina, is like, listen, if we make a film about you and this conflict, is this going to, you know, further put your life in jeopardy? Is this, you know, is this a good idea? And you know what he said? he said? Bring it on. He said it can't get any worse than this. Mm. You know, because it's it's so it's so bad there that you know he's he would welcome any effort uh to uh to create awareness and to get this to stop
2: so does the government know that he's there and you know he must uh well, he must stand out to them you yes
5: know? not only do they know he's a, he's not not only are they aware that he's there but we uh we actually got the film uh into the hands of uh the majority leader Mahdi ibrahim uh through a connection of mine. I had to happen to have lunch with a woman that that had uh, strong connections in the Khartoum government. And she said, hey, I can get this to, you know, the appropriate parties. We can get it all the way up to Omar Hassan al-Bashir. We can get him to see your film. Well, you know, you can imagine that, you know, and there's a leading role for me, you know, in the next uh, tentpole, you know, uh, here in Hollywood. Right, you know, I mean, I just, you know, rolled my eyes at, that, okay, that's You didn't that's believe it. it. I didn't believe it for a second. Uh, I wanted to. That's my heart, you know, but I, I, I didn't think it was realistic. But sure enough, uh, I got a call from this, uh, this uh, majority leader, Mahadi Ibrahim. From Washington, D.C. He said, I've heard about your film and I'd really like to see it. And I said, All right, well, you know, if you want to see it, then then uh, come on out. He said, Is there any chance you can come to Washington, D.C.? I said, No, if you'd like to see it, you can come out to Los Angeles. So he did. He showed up within a week. Uh, I had lunch with him uh, to vet him in a way to see if he's actually someone I wanted, I could trust. And he was, he's an incredible human being. I like to say that he's a cross between uh, MLK and, and uh, James Earl Jones. I mean, just <laughs> this incredible human being. Um, and I trusted him. And so I showed him the film uh, and he was so deeply moved. Uh, first thing out of his mouth was like, I, I need to commend Dr. Tom for what he's doing. This is, this is the right person at the right you know, place. I commend you for going in and risking your life. He said, but, but I am shocked and I'm ashamed for my government. I had no idea this was happening. Sure, we knew there were bombs that were you know, dropped, but we had no idea the collateral damage. I will make this my number one priority to stop the bombing in the Nuba mountains. Once again, I went, okay, great. Thank you. That would be really wonderful. Thanks. Get back to me on that. In two weeks, he actually uh, called and said, I want to let you know that we are suspending the bombing in in, uh, the blue Nile district and in the Nuba mountains. Wow. And that your film is the primary reason for doing so. And so it really just hit me. It, 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 you know, it, it, it rocked my world that we, you can actually make a difference.
1: Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5,
5: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote
2: for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: My number one concern is that the hospital will be bombed someday. That at some point Bashir will just send some jets in and destroy it. He could kill everybody
5: easily with those supersonic jets. Now, let me just throw this out. There are a lot of, of, of variables, a lot of, of reasons for this. I was told it's the primary reason. We can all say it's perhaps the tipping point. But we know that there are sanctions against uh, Sudan that have been eased uh, recently by, Omar, uh, by uh, Obama. You know, that was just one of his parting gifts. We're going to ease the sanctions. We're going to give you a six-month uh, trial period. Uh, and if you behave during that, then we are you know we'll play ball with you we 'll trade with you if you will so so that's kind of hovering over them. this thought that they don't want another Darfur. I get it there's also a thing called famine now taking place in Sudan, and it's bad and so the the idea before was all of the Sudanese would would migrate into South Sudan to get away from this from from this this war now. These people are actually going back. Famine is so bad; they're choosing war over the famine, and so they're moving back. So the government has declared uh, that they do not want to bomb while these innocent people—I <laughs> mm. use that term loosely—are now uh, migrating into, back into, and into uh, into Sudan. So, there are a lot of forces at work, and this I think has just basically created you know such awareness. they do not want another Darfur they do not want uh to uh to have these sanctions uh taken away or reinstated if you will so but i I know putting this in front of Bashir uh held a mirror up to him and basically said, "Look what you're doing. look what the international community uh thinks of you and just so you know this is there's there's a moratorium on all journalists traveling in in the uh, Nuba Mountains into Sudan, There, there's, there's, they don't get a lot of information. When I contacted the embassy in Khartoum, they were so excited to hear from somebody that had been in the Nuba Mountains in this restricted area. So they picked my brain. They want to know everything they could because it's so hard to reach.
3: All right, but when you talked before about there's a sort of moratorium on this bombing, there's nothing that to prevent it from starting again, right, at this point? This is a genocidal maniac. He can right. do whatever he wants. So the danger is still there. The risk is still there, especially the risk after every this day is 60 there. days or 6 months. There's still kids living in foxholes. Now,
5: they they are they get out more often and they feel at liberty to run around a lot more than they did before, but there's a constant threat. You never know when this is going to change. And and Tom Katina does not believe in this at all. He goes, "It's been a, you know, short break. It's been a respite from the bombing, but he doesn't believe because he's been, you know, he's been a witness to some of the, you know, the atrocities, there all of these atrocities. He just, you know, he doesn't believe it. But right now, you know, we've, I think we've saved some lives. And that's, yeah. to well, me, congratulations, you know, thank yes. you. And that's
4: a, a big deal. I was just reading about President Omar Hassan al-Bashir, who's wanted by the International Criminal Court on multiple counts of genocide, and massive crimes against humanity in Darfur, and that he issued a very clear warning Um, which was about if anyone was going to try and overthrow the regime, um, he basically said, I'll tell you, why don't you criticize us in the streets? I will tell you why. We know that you will not come, as you know very well what happened in the past. And apparently the past is referring to a shoot-to-kill order that he had and anyone who would say anything outright. Any
5: protest, any word against him or his regime, they they will execute, they'll take care of. It's that, you know... It's it's that way, you know. And there's a couple other you got North Korea, you got some other places, Syria, you know, that experience this kind of but this this has been going on for a long time and he's serious. He won't take uh, any lip uh, from anybody. I mean, that's just the way he is. So it's a serious dude. I mean well,
4: that's true power and control, isn't it? Yeah. And Whoa. that's
5: and welcome to Africa. You know, we've seen this with Gaddafi, we've seen this with Idi Amin, we see Mugabe, you know, we we see this. It's not like All the first psychopaths,
3: time. all people who That's didn't right. give a damn about any other human being, all they cared right. about was themselves, and they've destroyed nations, and thousands of people, and even more, have died as a result of that. That's it's right. terrible. But speaking of that, you mentioned before that you risked your life being there, and the listeners might think that means just that you could have been a victim of the bombing, but there was something else. I mean, when you landed... Yeah. In that airplane, right—the very first day—tell yeah. people about what happened. My introduction is actually into South Sudan, uh,
5: and 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 that 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 country is experiencing, you know, equal upheaval. I mean, it's it's they're, they're unhinged. I mean, this is a this is the wild wild west. Uh, I flew through uh, Juba, and uh, like three weeks prior, fifteen thousand people, according to their estimates, uh, were murdered uh so I flew through Juba and I was very mindful of what had happened uh in fact, my fixer that was supposed to go with me uh went m i a in Juba so when I flew through Juba and then into uh into to Tourale in south sudan uh i was uh i helped uh, the pilot on this cargo plane that we flew for two and a half hours with seventeen teachers for the uh for the catholic church i helped uh, offload rice beans and sorghum bags of uh fifty fifty pound bags and once I finished that, I looked and I thought, I'm a journalist. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a photographer. What am I doing? I have this surge of, of children trying to get at this food. And I've got this, 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 this uh, scene that you, know, you don't get to you know, see every day. And I haven't preserved it at all. So I stepped back I put in my 16-millimeter lens, a fisheye lens, and shot it uh, you know, saw, uh, through the hatch of these, these, this scene. And all of a sudden, this one, this one character pointed at me and said, get the fuck off the plane. I'm like, well he goes, now bring your camera. So I'm like, okay. So I got off the plane and he started belly bucking and spitting on me and said, Who do you who the fuck do you think we are? A bunch of monkeys here? Is that what you mm. think? And he was he was going after me and so they confiscated my my equipment and and boy soldiers came over, 12, 13, 14 year old kids Long. pointing A K forty A K forty sevens at me and the wind was whipping through. It was a dirt uh, tarmac and hundred and fifteen degrees out, and I thought this is this is perhaps where I'm going to lose my life, here on an airstrip in, uh, in, in South Sudan. And uh, after about 35 minutes of, you know, of pleading with uh, these guys, I finally mentioned that I knew uh, uh, Dr. Tom Katina and the real reason I was there, not as just a volunteer for the Catholic Church, uh, but to shoot a film about Dr. Tom Katina. And they stepped back and said, wait, you, you know Dr. Tom I said, Yeah, he's a friend of mine explained. And I said, I was just with your uh bishop, Maxis uh, Gosses. I had uh you know, coffee with him the day before, and then they said, So wait a minute, do you know the bishop? Yes. You know Dr. Tom, yes. They let me go. They, with your camera they, or they no? and they gave me my cameras back. So so was, but just a few days before that, didn't they so, take people up that same plane? Exactly. So I, I got on the plane and the pilot said to me, He said, Do you know how lucky you are? And I said, Yeah. And I said, Let's go. And he said, No. Do you know how lucky you are? I said, well, "How so?" He said, two weeks ago, they pulled off twenty-six people off this very cargo plane, took them to the corner of the airstrip, slit their throats, and let them bleed out." Mm-hmm. I said, "Get into the cockpit.
4: <laughs> Let's go. Turn on man. the engines. Yeah. Like, Get
5: the hell out of here." Yeah. I mean, it was that. It's that serious. And all of a sudden, I realized I needed my game. I needed to be on top of my game mm-hmm. because this this was, you know, very serious people, and this are desperate people. You know, this this desperate. So I went from there into. uh into the, into the northern part of South Sudan, stayed at a refugee camp called Yida, which is which is as desperate and and uh, perilous as you get. And I drove up the next morning. We started at two thirty in the morning. I drove up, and as we were driving up into uh, to the Mother Mercy Hospital, which took us about eleven hours, uh, uh, Antonovs came over and bombed around us. And you know, one time I had to jump out of the car. My my uh, driver jumped out and yelled something in Arabic and 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 leapt into a ditch. And I went next. To, you know, jumped in next to him and and bombs landed about 2 you know he thought about 2 miles away if i got the translation right you know and then he, we got up dusted our stuff off got him back in the in the vehicle and moved on it's just the way of life there mm. you know and and so you know while i was at the hospital bombs were dropped around us um, and and but i left i got my story and i left right these people are there yeah. they, they this is their, this is their home it's this their is their residence existence. and this is where tom katina chooses to live his life
1: And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
0: Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY.
3: I knew that if I left, some people would die. Not that I'm a magician, but there are certain things I can do that some will survive. Just, that's just a fact. So by leaving, that to me says that my life is more important than other people's lives which I didn't, which I don't agree with, you know? I just I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong thinking. So let me, let me stick it out with these guys. Even if, if we got shelled or whatever, uh, let's see what we can do. This is, a minute with these, I'm in it. I'm all in.
2: That's my question to you. Like, well, I ask this to lots of documentarians. Like, how do you know when the story's over? I mean, you could go on and on and on. You know, there is so much, you could stay there for so long. You know, how do you know when it is time to leave?
5: Well, you know, you have uh, you have pressures to get home. You have you know reasons you need to get home. So there's always a time clock when it, when it comes to that. I can't. I've got a wife and three kids, and I needed to get back. And yeah. uh, and Tom only had so much time and you know energy for me. Uh, to get an interview with him, it took me, you know, seven days, even though I'm his buddy and we hung out all the time to actually get a formal interview. It took forever. But a documentary work is never over. Yeah. I mean, I'm always thinking about the films that I've done in the past and the updates and should I actually somehow sneak an update into the film or do I make, you know, an addendum to, do I do a postscript to? And, you know, so it's your, your work is never over. Um, but I'll say in this case that, uh, you know, I, I really feel as if we've we've made a difference. It's And it's it's certainly not over. Uh, but there's, we've achieved great success with it already, uh, and that's exciting. But but you know we can't let up. We cannot let up because this guy's not going to let up. He's not going to ease back. He's going to continue his this reign of terror. So we, it's never over.
4: So what's next, Ken? What are the next steps?
5: Well, the next step is I've actually been offered. Uh, I've been asked to come back. I have an invitation to go back to uh, Khartoum. Not back to to Khartoum. Back to Sudan uh, to interview Bashir. Uh, Nicholas Kristof, uh, is going to, to, uh, to attend as well. Um, and, and that? he's the Pulitzer prize winning New York times, uh, um, author or the, uh, a reporter. And mm-hmm. so, um, I figured, uh, when I was asked, uh, that he would be a, a, a great guy to, uh, uh, to assist me, to go back with me. Cause he really truly does. I don't know if anybody reads this guy. I know a lot of people do. I don't know if you have, but he's, he gives the voiceless a voice. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of my uh, literary heroes, uh, Nicholas Kristof. Um, he's actually been to, uh, uh, to Mother Mercy Hospital, and he wrote three articles about uh, uh, Dr. Tom, and he's raised over $400,000 for this cause, for the Mother Mercy Hospital. He is in uh, deep, uh, so I figured if we both go back, we interview him, and we're supposed to have this al-shura, which is a meeting of the minds, uh, it is a negotiation. Uh, they want to bring in principal uh, principals from uh, authorities from the Nuba Mountains, and and Bashir is going to participate, and people in the Senate in the, their uh, parliament there, and they want to have this meeting of the minds and really try to figure out how to best go you know to go about you know ending this. Uh, and I know they're serious uh, because of what's happened already because uh, of this Mahdi Ibrahim, uh, but who knows? You know, it's there's there's so many forces at work here. But I'm thrilled to say that, you know, that uh, we have an opportunity to maybe make even a bigger difference. Um,
3: But that has yet to play out. That's supposed to be in May. So, Ken, we know that you're trying to market this film because you're trying to get the story out to the world because it's so important and it's so powerful and disturbing at the same time. But what has been your experience with that?
2: Yeah, I mean, the heart of NUBA has screened on every continent. It's been seen by the House of Lords, the U.S. Congress, the Italian Senate, The Hague. So why can't, why can't any people? of our listeners go
3: yeah, Why isn't it at theaters? There's the million-dollar question. Why isn't it on Netflix? Why isn't it on— Very difficult very very difficult film to market,
5: and I found—I I didn't think so because we have a true hero. I'm not talking about an American hero or a white person. I'm just talking about a genuine hero, so I thought— you
3: know, this would be a great story that people could relate to. Um, but he is an American hero.
5: He's just a, he yeah, left
3: I mean, medical practice here yeah. to go and yeah. and basically volunteer there. And he's been there for how many years now? Been there. He's been in Africa for almost
5: twenty, but been in been in the uh, in the Nuba Mountains for almost ten. Yeah, yeah. Why why ha, why is this not a film that's uh, resonated or been picked up by film festivals and distributors? you know that's the million dollar question you know and and i can i can tell you this much right now i've been to sundance with uh, several films uh we get my films have been picked up and distributed mm-hmm. and and we've had great you know uh uh great runs with them um this one didn't get into sundance and didn't get into toronto didn't get into the film festivals that i've been in before and i've heard every every excuse you know like what but well, every excuse is brilliant film it's fantastic just doesn't fit our programming um, which is code word for it 's really hard to 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 program it 's really hard to market this film. The bottom line is it 's about africa okay that 's not sexy it 's about black kids in foxholes that 's not so sexy okay it's it's it 's coming off the hills of Darfur. people are burnt out you know people you know are complacent about what 's happening there it's it doesn 't grab you know headlines it 's about a true hero it it actually makes the Catholic Church look good. Um, you know, and when I say that it's about a hero, um, I said this at the CAA screening we had the other night. You know, if 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 we exposed that Dr. Tom Katina was uh a pedophile at the end of the film, it would have been snapped up in a heartbeat. And that just says something about, you know, about our society. We love to to uh to see into the, you know, the underbelly of of uh you know someone, you know, we love to see the ugly and and, and uh that sells, and and this is actually a human being that hits the ball down the fairway every single day, even keeled. He does not; he's not broken. I mean, there's in ways he's broken, but you know we all are. Uh, but there's there's he has no exposure. This is a guy that has everything going for him. His family—they all love him. He's got mother and father still alive. All his brothers and sisters—all six of them—with their children—all love him and support him. He's not running from anything. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time in these fields. You know, people are running from something, so they want to, you know, volunteer here and there and just get away from it. He has, you know, the most incredible network of support from his family. So everything is just beautiful about this. Well, so it's hard to get a distributor to say, I like that. It works on, on many levels um, for the reasons I just said. So, so it's it's, our, it's been very hard. It's
3: an up, been an up, uphill battle. Okay, but our listeners at Real Crime Profile care about the victims. That's what they do. So how can they help you get this into some form of distribution so that the world can see it. Well, it's it. Thank you for asking that because that,
5: that's that's a very important question. What you can do is you go on our website, uh theheartofnuba.com, and you can you can actually reach out to to uh, uh, to to senators and congressmen and tell them about the problem. This is for awareness. Uh, you can go to Netflix uh, and actually there's there's a, a way on their website that you can log. Uh, um, a suggestion and, and to to air this. If you know anybody in distribution, uh, let them know that this film exists. Um, go on to to uh, Take a look at the trailer. Look at and and see what uh, where the film is playing around you. One of the one of the ways I went about this, the way I went about this, to, is to create um, a coalition, a human rights coalition, because it wasn't being I wasn't connecting with Hollywood. So I decided uh, to put together Amnesty International. And Act for Sudan and Human Rights Watch and Operation Broken Silence. I put together an NGO uh, uh, a coalition of NGOs, about sixty-five of them, one of the largest coalitions ever to be created. And we decided to go out into the world and to and to prove to them this is a film worth seeing and this is a cause worth rallying around. So, we went to the House of Lords uh, to Westminster uh, Palace, and we screened the film there. We went to Congress and we screened on Capitol Hill. We went to to Rome and and showed the film uh, to the Italian Senate. We went to the International Criminal Court and we showed the film in the hague that 's how we 've gone about it we 've had great success because people are actually doing something now, and they are they 're reaching out, and we have created this huge, huge Um, coalition and this awareness is huge that's why I think a distributor would come along and just go oh this is low-hanging fruit oh my gosh you know these are we've got Amnesty International with seven million members and they have already shown the film four times for their regional uh, for regional meetings oh my god this is a built-in audience and and it's as Jim said thank you it's beautifully shot I mean it's a it's a compelling story and it's a real hero it's just that Hollywood doesn't embrace this kind of material that often i've I've found out, which is okay because I'm going to continue to to fight and I'm going to get it into the right hands and eventually we're going to get it out there just so we can create the awareness so we can
3: stop this, not just suspend it but stop it for good but it's interesting because in in an atmosphere in which moonlight wins the Academy Award for Best Picture um, a picture that was an independent film that was about a topic that that doesn 't resonate with everybody there's certainly a lot of people that that are not um, open to the issues that they discuss in that film. yet it seems like Hollywood at least made efforts to to embrace it
2: well I mean let me just say this it, you know it's it is a crowded marketplace and you're absolutely right and I think things do come and go you know the the Syrian documentaries this year were were very you know had a lot of attention you know i don't want to <sighs> peg on the entirety of Hollywood just yet you know I have a lot of faith in my industry that that it it can get picked up and more eyeballs can come to it so and that's what we would like to help you do uh, certainly and certainly already our listeners have expressed interest in it one of our listeners you know definitely recommends you know us reaching out to the Traverse City Film Festival in Michigan that's Michigan right?
5: Yeah, it's Michael Moore's film yeah, uh, festival. So if you yeah. live
2: in that area and you want to write to Mr. Moore and tell him about mm-hmm. this, this documentary, that would be helpful. Check out you the know. trailer and yeah. then
3: if you're interested and you like what Ken has said today and it, it's a really compelling story. And mm-hmm. what Dr. Tom Katina has done and the sacrifices he's made and the people's lives that he's changed and saved, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, And I'm just
4: reading a quote from from Dr. Tom, which is on your website and on, on your Twitter feed as well, where you can watch the trailer, but the petition's there as well, where you can add your name. And it says, as Dr. Tom has said, his log is incomplete. That's of the victims. It doesn't include the thousands who've been displaced, whose homes and fields have been obliterated, or the children who've grown up in foxholes. It is our hope that this movie will give a voice to the voiceless, Tom said. Let the dead and maimed have their day in court and add your name to the witness list.
3: Yeah. I mean, that sounds a lot like what our theme is here at Real mm-hmm, Crime yeah. Profile. We've tried to give voices to the people who were murdered, people who were taken advantage of, victims of crimes, when what the media typically does is give a voice to the bad guys, to the and horrific people who caused them. the damage, yeah. and not the people who were actually victimized and their families and the ripple effect of that. And I think that was one of the things that struck me the most, and- I'll be honest I mean it surprised me when when I heard you speak and I saw um your presentation um how affected I was by the just the the humanity of it and the lack of humanity that Bashir is exhibiting um and just the the incredible grace with which Dr. Tom Katina lives his life. I mean, he is actually living it. He's not just talking the talk or even mm-hmm. walking the walk. He's living it um, full-time, every day, and it's just amazing that there are people that good out there.
5: It is, and it's a it's a blessing, and it provides hope for not only a million-plus people in, in the Nuba Mountain region, but it, it provides hope for for me and for a lot of other people here uh, uh, that have seen the film and and that's why we want to get the message out because you can do so much more than you're doing, and it doesn't take much. You don't have to get your medical degree and go to the Nuba mountains and save lives and, and 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 perform amputations. You can do it right here in your own community. You can focus on 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 so many of the problems that we have here or so many of the benevolent causes. So you can find a little bit of Tom patina yeah. in each and every one of us, and Absolutely. that's you know he he professes and he believes this to the fullest of his being. Uh, that every life holds the promise of hope. Uh, and that's why he's there doing what he's doing, because he believes that that you know, newborn baby that we that we show in the film is as important uh, uh, as his, that person's life, that child's life, is as important as his or Bashir's or anybody else's. And he
3: lives that life. And very few people that I know actually live out the words that they speak. Okay, well, we're going to post the link to the trailer, and we'll... Post a link to your site, and hopefully our listeners will watch the trailer and contact any any people they know in in any media outlets to to try to get this um, this amazing film and out there. Sign the
4: petition as well Absolutely. and spread the word on social media and support.
3: Thank you, and use Dr. Tom as an example. I mean, and I know Dr. Tom says you don't have to come to Africa. There's plenty of work that needs to be done where everybody lives. That's right. Find your own Calcutta, as uh, Mother Teresa would say. Find your own Calcutta. It's everywhere
5: around you. You don't need to go to Calcutta. You don't need to go to Nuba. You can find it in your own neighborhood, in your own homes, your own
3: schools. But uh, please help Dr. Katana do what he's doing um, because he's the only doctor for a million people who are suffering very badly. Well, thank you so much. Thank Ken, you. For thank coming. you very much. I mean, we really appreciate it. And um, I really believe our listeners are the kind of people who care enough to do something. And now we've given them a mission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's up and, to you
2: guys. Come on, yeah, please <laughs> step r- up.
3: Rally behind Ken and <laughs> get this movie out there so that everybody will know what's going on rather than you know, just a select few. Uh, I will say, though, isn't there a screening coming up in LA soon? Yeah, there. We're having a screening
5: at uh, USC on uh, it's uh, April 25th, so it's around the corner on Wednesday night, uh, and uh, it's posted on our website. So take a look at uh, once again heartofnuba.com, and you can find the details there. I believe it's it's seven o'clock. And, I will be
2: there. And, I'll be there with bells on.
5: Great. And do they have to get tickets for it? How do, how do, how does that work? No, you can uh, you can show up. You'll have to pay for parking, uh, but it's the at uh, Annenberg uh, School of Communication. Uh, So you can show up, pay 7 bucks
3: to park, but free uh, film. Thank you. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile.
4: So if you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us, there are a couple of important things you can do. First, you can go over to iTunes and give us a positive five-star review. You can check out our sponsors and take advantage of the special promotions for Real Crime Profile listeners you can go over and like our Facebook page and you can follow us on Twitter. But most importantly, you can share our podcast with friends, family, and anyone you know would be interested in real crime and the minds that solve those crimes. So thank you for listening.
3: Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineered by Terrell Parham. Music composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery.
4: For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203-866-4107 or you can go on the website www.paladinservice.co.uk. If you're experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Helpline, free phone 0800-2247. In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, safety, shelter or counselling, call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline 214-946-4357 or go on their website www.genesisshelter.org or the Domestic Violence Hotline on
2: 800-799-7233. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know we have great brands like Blue Apron, Audible and Casper advertising with us, and they keep coming back because our listeners really respond to them, which we're really thankful for. Well, if you happen to own a business or manage the advertising buy For One, then you should consider advertising on Real Crime Profile. Podcast advertising is on the rise, and it's one of the most effective ways of reaching consumers on the go today. So please Please go to Wondery.com slash advertisers. Again, it's Wondery.com slash advertisers and get in touch with us. Thanks.
3: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey.
1: Look around. You can find cars like these on Autotrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Autotrader. Just you wait. Autotrader. The wait is over.
4: So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience.
3: Quickly, I see that. Ding! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything.
4: You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that.
3: New cases.
0: She wanted to fight me? Leave her. Alone. OK, so, um. Not, this is not a so.